Welcome back to another episode of the Sliced Podcast. In this week's episode, we are going to cover fundraising options. I know we touched a little bit on the VC process in our interview with Clay Gordon. And in this week's, we're going to take a look at some of the other options outside of raising venture funds. So stick around. All right. So for all of you listening, let's face it. Startups take a lot of money. Often they do, at least. And if you're like most, your startup is going to require money to get off the ground. So luckily, it's comforting to know that you have a ton of options out there. I personally took an SBA loan. And at the time, this was right around when COVID was hitting. It worked out in my favor because the interest rates were extremely low. But we did just see the interest rates go up. So I wanted to talk very briefly in this week's episode about some of the other options. So the easiest and first and foremost is friends and family. So do you have that wealthy uncle or relative who might believe in you? If so, you probably want to start here. I think GoFundMe can even be a good option here to loop in friends and family. I did this for my first business and was able to get enough capital to buy my first round of supplies. And it was really easy, super low barrier to entry. So consider friends and family if that network is a viable option for you. If not, you can also check out crowdfunding sites. So do you have maybe a cool product that others might be super excited about? And maybe you could get free marketing out of a crowdfunding campaign. So these tend to work well for products or services that have a wider appeal if yours might, if your business might fall into that category, you can check out sites like Start Engine, which is a really cool site and a, a good way to gain visibility and find potential investors. So check out startengine.com. You can also check out the more well-known Kickstarter, Indiegogo, and there's actually a whole bunch of others. So a quick Google search can help you out there. It's important to know that some crowdfunding sites require you to give up equity, which is not ideal, and others don't. So just do your research and see what feels like the proper fit for your business needs. Um, There's also even peer-to-peer lending sites and these non-traditional loans. So this kind of blew my mind when I figured out that you can go to sites like Lending Club or Prosper. So LendingClub.com or prosper.com. Based on your credit, you can essentially borrow money from other people who are willing to lend it out. So you tend to expect higher interest rates here. You know, it might be up to 14 to 25%. But if you're confident you can get profitable in your business relatively quickly, this might be a really nice bridge to get you over into the land of profitability. You can also even check out PayPal Capital, too, which it's basically based on your transaction amounts that you've done through PayPal. So if you already have a business set up using PayPal, you might already qualify for a decent loan. And in this category, I would also check out ClearCo. So it's just clear.co, and it's a fast, affordable way to fund your business. ClearCo and Brex. 
So brex.com. And that's also everything you need to grow a company and, and get funding. So check those two sites out as well. There's also the option of a traditional loan. So that's kind of the peer-to-peer lending and non-traditional loans. So we had Lending Club, Prosper, PayPal Capital, ClearCo, and Brex. Now we're moving into more of a traditional loan. So if you're confident you can pay back your loan, maybe check out getting a traditional bank loan. But you also want to wonder, is that burden of the payment going to outweigh not having to give up the equity? And do you have an established relationship with your bank? You can certainly go with your bank, but I would first start with an SBA loan. So this brings us to our next category. So SBA loans. SBA, if you're unfamiliar, it stands for Small Business Administration. And these are government-backed loans, which basically means the government will pay the bank some of your loan if you default, which ultimately means you get better interest rates. And unfortunately, not all SBA lenders are created equal. Each interprets the SOPs or the standard operating procedure set by the government a little bit differently, and each accepts different credit scores. So I would say if you're going to go after an SBA loan, try to have at least a FICO score of 600 if you're going to take this route. Otherwise, it probably won't be worth it. You're going to pay more than you would want to in interest. So you want to go with an SBA lender that has PLP authority. So if you're curious about PLP authority and you're unsure what that is, just Google PLP authority. I like the article by SBA Complete, sbacomplete.com. And they will tell you more about PLP authority. And you want to ask the bank too if you will qualify up front. So that's an important note as well. And make sure they have experience offering SBA loans. If this is a new program for that bank and they haven't offered them in the past, you probably won't want to go with that one. There's plenty of options, so don't feel locked into one lender here. But basically, you'll get variable interest rate. It's also tied to the prime rate. So basically keeps up with the national interest rates that the Fed set. But this is important for SBA seekers. Not all companies are even eligible for SBA. So basically anything around gambling, landlords, marijuana, lending or investing businesses are also out. So again, you just need to do your research here. The SBA loan program is definitely a fantastic option. I've done it myself. It was great. But be aware, if you have a bunch of cash in your account, you're likely not going to get approved because these loans are designed for need-based borrowing, which is a great program. But again, it's for those in need. I guess a good SBA pricing chart if you're trying to figure out what you might expect to pay. So if you're taking anywhere from zero to $25,000, you can probably, if it's a six year or less term, you can probably expect to pay the standard Fed rate, interest rate plus 4.25%. And then if you go all the way up to, let's say 50,000 plus, you might see the standard Fed plus two and a quarter to, you know, maybe 2.75% additional if that's a longer term or a shorter term. So 
I had a 10-year loan. This was during the time of COVID and interest was essentially zero. It was like maybe, you know, a couple percent. So that's pretty good in terms of the different financing options that you're going to have. So it's a great, also a great tool we touched on yesterday for buying businesses. The SBA is a great program for people curious about buying businesses. So if you didn't hear that episode, you might want to check that out too. All right, on to the next, grants. So can you get the government to give you money for your particular type of business? That'd be pretty cool. So if you can, there are even private grants out there. So just do your research. Again, it's going to be a common theme in this episode, but simple Google search will show you what grants are out there. And even the SBA provides some grants. So just apply for some. It can't hurt. You never know what you might get. And that's basically getting money that you don't have the risk of having to default if you can't pay it back or, you know, file bankruptcy or it's it's basically your money to play with. So credit cards are actually another option. Be careful with this one, but it's sometimes possible to find a business credit card that will run a really great promotion and they might even hold the interest fee for the first 12 months. So it is possible, I've seen it done, but it's possible to get moving with this capital and pay off your balance within the first year. It's super risky, but again, it's an option. Bootstrapping, the most desired, I guess, approach. So that we had credit cards, now we're on to bootstrap. Can you get scrappy? Can you figure it out? and let the business grow itself. So basically self-funding through the business. This is the best option I think to start. So if you can, you can maybe even pre-sell your product and start generating cash flow from day one where you say, you know, pre-sales at a discount, you'll get your product later, use that money to fund the growth. But, you know, ask yourself like, are people gonna want this bad enough to put money down in advance to get discounted rate when the product arrives? If not, that's okay too. You know, sometimes just slow organic growth doesn't require outside funding. So that's what, that's what that means when you hear people say, oh yeah, we bootstrapped our company. It's, we didn't take any institutional or institutional investors to get up and running. So next option for you looking for funding, angel investors. So angel investors are high net worth individuals who might believe in your prospect basically or, and they want to bet on you and typically angel investors will similar to a VC you know maybe have several different bets on different people in smaller check sizes and they know some are going to go to zero but the ones that do succeed they might have a really good shot at making a lot of money so a good example Peter Thiel famously started PayPal with Elon Musk, and then he was one of the first institutional investors in Facebook. And he invested $500,000 that turned into over a billion. So not a bad return, obviously, pretty insane. So do you maybe know an angel investor, or can you persuade some of these high net worth individuals that you may or may not know, maybe it's time to get out there and network, but can you persuade them to invest in your startup? 
So again, you want to know yourself and your skill sets here. So know, is this going to be a viable option for you? If not, maybe you go on to our next option, which is demo days and accelerators. So if you have a product that is good enough to get into an accelerator program like YC or Techstars, definitely give this option a try. So basically, these are incubator programs where some of the best talented minds will come, they'll get mentorship, and they will often get funding from programs like this. So you can even try more like public forum type quote-unquote demo days where you can look at platforms like Stonks, S-T-O-N-K-S, stonks.com. So check that out. They're definitely all viable options worth looking into. So, and lastly, do you want to raise money from a venture firm? So we covered a little bit more about raising VC money in two episodes ago. So if you haven't heard that one, definitely go check it out. But basically, venture is best for people who are needing to scale fast to beat out competitors in like a winner-take-all market. So if you have something that's highly scalable that you think can benefit from VC expertise, definitely check that out. So a lot of founders experience difficulty not only looking for VC funding, but just difficulty in that process of working with them. So do your due diligence and look to a lot of different referrals. See if you can find people that you know who have raised money and then you can go to those trusted firms because they're definitely not all created equal. I think if you're curious about VC, I'd also recommend doing some YouTube searches of Gary Tan, G-A-R-R-Y-T-A-N. He's pretty involved in YC, uh, just an interesting guy. Has like a crazy history. You should look him up. But he does some good interviews and gives some good breakdowns of what it's like to work at a VC, what it's like to raise with VCs. There's also an interesting video about all you need to know for venture capital by Ernestine Fu. She was a she's giving a lecture at Stanford. She's definitely not like the biggest in the VC space by any means, but I thought her breakdown explained it really nicely. So when when going into raising funds, you want to know what the VC's looking for. And the more research you do, the more prepared you are, the better it's going to be. But again, you just got to be prepared to get a lot of no's if it's your first time. So that is kind of our breakdown, I would say, of all the fundraising options that I would look into if you're just getting started. So again, I think kind of in a range from maybe least complicated to most complicated or just a little bit of a random order, but we covered friends and family, crowdfunding, peer-to-peer lending and non-traditional loans, traditional loans, SBA loans, grants, credit cards, bootstrapping, angel investors, demo days, accelerators and incubators, and venture capital. So there is a ton of funding out there. Don't let that be like a stop sign on your road to getting your startup up and running. There really are, you can get creative, you can find ways 
There's so much capital out there and you can use it to borrow and create wealth for not only yourself, but all of your shareholders and investors too. So good luck on your fundraising journey. And please, if you enjoyed this or if it was helpful in any way, definitely share it with a friend and keep tuning in to the Slice podcast. We really appreciate your listening and your time and energy today. So have a good one. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Sliced Podcast. If you enjoyed listening, we would love for you to share this little slice of insight with your friends. See you next week.